Delicious, meat nutritious, and the snack that packs a real protein punch, wonderful pistachios. Each one ounce serving has six grams of protein, giving you over 10% of your daily value and making wonderful pistachios one of the highest protein nuts out there. But perhaps more than that, I love all of the flavors they have. Their sea salt and vinegar ones are my favorite when I'm craving that flavor, but still want to keep it healthy. But that's just the tip of the iceberg. Wonderful pistachios come in a variety of flavors like chili roasted, honey roasted, smoky barbecue, and jalapeno lime, to name a few. Perfect for enjoying with family or friends and taking them with you on the go. Whether you're a pistachio purist who loves cracking open every nut or you prefer the convenience of no-shells pistachios, Wonderful Pistachios has got you covered. Grab Wonderful Pistachios and elevate your snacking game today. So fill up with a healthy snack when hunger strikes. Visit wonderfulpistachios.com to learn more. That's wonderfulpistachios.com. This is Optimal Living Daily, episode 2930, No Need, by Colin Wright of exilelifestyle.com. And I'm your narrator, Justin Mollick. And I'm gonna jump right into our next post as we optimize your life. No Need, by Colin Wright of exilelifestyle.com. What would you do if there was no need for you to do anything? This isn't a simple question to answer. It's also a question that's increasingly relevant, not because we'll all be able to stop working anytime soon, but because it can help us determine how to spend our time now within our current systems and circumstances. For many people, the answer to the question of how to spend one's time when one needn't work is predicated on current everyday realities. We imagine that we do all the things we currently do when we don't have to work, vacations, drinks, watching Netflix, hanging out with our significant others, playing sports. We might also expand our horizons a bit, thinking through all the things we've always told ourselves we'd do if we only had more time. Learning to play guitar, road tripping the US, going on that Vipassana retreat. The trouble with that approach to this question though is that what we currently do when we're not working, not trying to earn money to pay the bills, may not make as much sense in a theoretical future in which that work, that daily money-earning struggle, is no longer a thing we need to worry about. Our perception of what we would do if we had all the options in the world, in other words, might not make as much sense to us if we had all the options in the world. This isn't to say that we wouldn't want to spend time with our loved ones or go to the beach, but it does mean that we would almost certainly, at some point, have our fill of such things. They won't be rarities, they'll be the default. So the question becomes, what do we do beyond that default? What guides our actions, our habits, our norms? There's been a little bit of research conducted on what happens to people after they become wealthy, after they earn enough money to theoretically at least never have to work again. And the data collected seems to indicate that the main challenge post-work is not actually work-related, it's purpose-related. Most of us currently find a great deal of purpose in our work. And that's true, even if we don't particularly care for what we do because the work itself isn't the point. Earning money, which allows us to support ourselves and our loved ones in a system that requires such resources, is the point. When that foundation is pulled away, when we needn't work to survive, to thrive, it can feel like there's a gap in our lives, in our perception of self, of value, of the point of it all. It's inside this gap that we're forced to consider what other purposes we might serve what other causes we might take up. And for many of us, for all kinds of reasons, this is not something we've ever had to truly consider. 
This is partly the case because this thought process can be uncomfortable, bordering on harrowing. This discomfort is in part the result of a sudden parallax shift that leads to the intense utilization of atrophied mental muscles. If you've never been asked who you are, what you stand for, what purpose you serve, beyond the money you earn and the role you play in the economy, there's a good chance you don't have a fulfilling answer. As a consequence of that lack, you may feel empty or useless. You won't actually be empty or useless, of course, but it can feel that way. Your relationship with time also might change under such circumstances due to the abundance of it you suddenly have available. I've never been wealthy enough that I haven't had to work, but I do have the good fortune to be able to, more or less, spend my time as I see fit. And when I first realized I'd managed to make that happen, to have that dominion over my time, I experienced a moment of happiness, followed by a few weeks of feeling like I'd been punched in the gut. How would I spend my time now that I had plenty of it? Who was I now that I wasn't defining myself in terms of the money I was earning or the professional prestige I had accumulated? This is what we might call a luxury problem, but it's still a problem. Those first few weeks of having essentially unlimited time to spend on whatever I liked were the least productive weeks of my life. Paralysis by analysis is real, and when everything is an option, doing less than ever before, not in a pleasurable way, but in a depressed, bored, uncomfortable way, becomes a real possibility. It was only when I managed to reorient myself toward what I truly believed in, what I really cared about foundationally, and beyond any particular job or project, that I was able to right the ship and start moving again. I was able to get back on a path that seemed worth walking once more, one that I was building as I walked it, but also one that gave me a sense of structure and direction, and a feeling of satisfaction from the things I accomplished along the way. It's possible that this won't be a process most of us ever have to go through for better and for worse, but it's also possible that economic innovations like a guaranteed basic income, technological innovations like advanced AI and manufacturing technologies, and or social innovations like new governmental systems that are able to ameliorate scarcity in some way could emerge within our lifetimes. At that point, when there's no need for us to continue living as we live, we'll be forced to ask ourselves these difficult questions. And I strongly suspect that many of us won't be ready, won't be prepared to face a world without pre-built, pre-assigned, inherited purpose and routine. Thinking through such things ahead of time can prepare us for that moment if it does arise, regardless of what shape it takes. But it can also help us figure out how to live, what work to do, how to spend our time today, when all of these things are still finite, at a moment in which we have fewer choices, but choices nonetheless, which we can and must make every single day. Our spectrum of options isn't entirely within our control, of course, but the choices we make from those available to us can nonetheless serve us or drain us depending on how we approach them and how much responsibility we take for them. You just listened to the post titled No Need by Colin Wright of exilelifestyle.com. Thank you to Colin. These are the questions that I think are super important to revisit every once in a while. And you can hear it phrased in different ways like, What would you do if you won the lottery? Or what's your purpose? Questions like that. He makes a good point that what we currently imagine might not be relevant at that time when we're actually able to realize it. It takes a little bit of digging deeper to really understand this question. And actually, Ramit Sethi posted a somewhat similar question on social media. 
And usually when I see these types of questions, I think they're just posting it to get comments and engagement and really don't care about the answers. But Ramit was there responding to pretty much all of the answers. And there were a lot. People were saying, I'd go traveling. And when the answers were somewhat vague like that, he'd reply, okay, where? What kind of seats on the plane would you get? How long is this vacation or adventure? Basically to get them to really visualize if that's what they truly want and what they're after. And to think about all those details. And after traveling, would they travel again or is it something else? I think what he was getting at was what Colin was talking about in this post, purpose. Without work and earning money, what is your purpose? Or what would you like it to be? And is there a way you can make steps towards that outside of your career right now? Another quick example, someone said that if they had an extra $2,000 to spend and in this hypothetical situation, he had no debt and didn't need the extra $2,000 for any reason, There was no use investing it because it was completely extra. What he said he would do with it was to tip servers more at restaurants. And Ramit's comment was basically, can you do that right now? Or in other words, it's unlikely this person was eating at restaurants every day. So could he just start tipping more now if that's really the only thing he'd imagine he'd do with extra money? And going deeper, is his purpose really about tipping servers Or is it that he wishes he could give more to strangers and just make them happy? And is there a way he could start doing that now? Maybe with time instead of money or some other way? I think there is if he thought about it on a deeper level. So again, I think it's really valuable to ask ourselves this somewhat frequently to discover what it is we truly want and to work towards making it happen sooner rather than later. But that was a long commentary, so I'll leave it at that. Have a great rest of your day and I'll see you back here tomorrow where your optimal life Awaits. Oh,